Hey, it's your host, Charlotte Chipperfield, and welcome to the Holistic Marketing Podcast, the show that inspires you to think holistically about yourself, your business, and your marketing to ignite the impact you desire to have in the world. We'll learn what it takes to be seen and heard in the digital space from leading experts and myself as the founder and CEO of Chipperfield Media. Get ready to own your marketing by exploring the intersection of purpose and proactive marketing to move your business forward. So welcome back to the Holistic Marketing Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Bridget Burnham, who is the founder of Burnbright Communications, which is a content marketing public relations agency helping individuals and organizations share their unique brilliance to attract attention and create connections. So welcome, Bridget, to the Holistic Marketing Podcast. Thanks, Charlotte. So happy to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to dive in this conversation. We're going to discuss really the importance of creating a strategy and sort of the various pieces that go into that to create consistent communication. But before we dive in, I'd love for you to tell everyone a little bit who you are, what you do, and what your mission is. Sure. Yeah. So I am Bridget Burnham. I founded Burnbright Communications about six years ago um, after working at an agency and then in-house marketing communications. Um, I just really have a passion for helping individuals and organizations extract stories that connect and put them into pieces that help them achieve their goals. And so I saw that I had a unique skill set to kind of see that big picture and then help people pull out kind of the individual nuances. I think everyone has so much richness in how they approach their field and their story Um, and pulling that out and helping them leverage that to create really unique content that connects with people and in different ways. So really helping people try to figure out a way to stand out. Um, It's a noisy world out there and trying to figure out how does your customer really see you and how can you um, work that to to make that connection and to draw in more business. Absolutely. I love that. And I think we, I know we've had many conversations over the years that we've known each other, but that we're so aligned in that, that storytelling piece. And it's really kind of how you do stand out and really connect with your customers. And I think it's so important. And I think if you don't have a strategy, you just end up blending into that noise and just creating more noise versus really standing out and being seen by the right people. So I am, yes, like I said, super excited to nerd out on the strategy conversation, which leads me to my first question about, you know, why is it important to create a strategy and kind of maybe specifically for marketing and communications, like what, what is the role that the strategy plays? Yeah. So I think the strategy is really like the roadmap that tells you if you're on your way to going where you want to go. So it kind of starts with an endpoint in mind and then backing into how you're going to get there. And it, it leverages your, you know, your resources and strengths um, and also identifies the gaps and just helps you really make a plan to get to that end goal. I think without a strategy, you're kind of, um, one, you might not be aiming at the right thing because you haven't identified that, you know, the concrete end goal. And two, you can just be putting in a lot of added resources into things that aren't going to get you the most bang for your buck in terms of getting you to where you want to go as quickly as you want to get there. Right. I think that's that's so important because I think sometimes we have a very vague idea of where we want to go and being able to sit down and really articulate like what does that look like 
So are there specific pieces that maybe you help clients think about when they're thinking about their endpoint? Like, are they thinking about specific metrics? Are they thinking about sales numbers? Are they thinking about new relationships with customers? What are some some ways that people can kind of be thinking about how to shape that endpoint? Yeah, I think for me, the endpoint, you know, it, it depends on the person. So I work with a wide variety of business owners and entrepreneurs, and some of them just really are jazzed by the numbers and the sales goals. And that just like gets them going. Like they're just like, if I can get to this sales number, that's like really what I want. And I'll be so pumped when I get there. And I'm like, great, let's feed off that. Let's make sure you're, you know, fed with that throughout your journey that look at, look at how much further you've got, look at how many more, some people it's not that at all. And it's more about how many people can I really help? And what stories do I have that show that I really made an impact? So how can we do that? You know, are you asking for those stories? Are you circling back and and getting that stuff that's going to feed you and tell you, yeah, that's working. And um, and for other people, it's it's just how they want to build their life and their business. And you know, kind of coming back to that alignment, you know, making sure that the metrics you're measuring and the things that you have on your plate are in alignment with that end goal too. And I think you know, it's not all or nothing or one or the other. It's kind of that blend. But that's why I think you know when you put that end picture together, having the details around all of that um, is, is so important. And then understanding how you're going to measure if that's true or not. Cause I think some people think, uh, you know, if I, if I want to build a business like this, I have to do this and this. Um, and that might not necessarily be true as long as you're, you know, incrementally getting to where, where you want to be and just reminding yourself like that's the path I'm on. And I think that is the role of strategy too, to just put those guideposts in. So you don't feel like I'm falling behind. You can say, yeah, I am on track. I identified what I wanted and I'm going towards that. And it's what I wanted, not what someone else wanted. And I already named that. And so it just keeps you in your lane and keeps you going forward. Yes. I love that. And it, it really is a roadmap. And I love that idea of having kind of the, the milestones or the goalposts that you are working towards so I think that's one of the misconceptions that I experience with talking to people is that they think a strategy is this document that just is a document and it lives there. But really like a strategy is actually a living, breathing thing that you're constantly working with and leaning into. And sometimes you might need to modify one or two things based on like the feedback you are getting from executing. But I think that's something that's really important to think about is it's not just having like an employee document (laughs) handbook, like that's not what a strategy is. Like it might be delivered in a format that looks like that, but ultimately the strategy is something that's living and breathing with you as you are going through and executing and growing your company. And I think that's sometimes a misconception. So I'd love to kind of talk a little bit about some, what are the key components in a strategy? So what are some things that, you know, if people are building their own strategy, what are they thinking about including, or what do they need to be looking for in asking for someone to help support create in creating that strategy? So I don't know if you want to speak to some of those components or maybe even some of those goalposts you were just talking about, like what, 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 what do those look like? Yeah. So yeah, I think the strategy just, you know, it always starts with like a really clear picture of the, of the end, at least, you know, the principled picture of the end, like where, what are you going to do? What are you not going to do on your way? Um, and kind of those values pieces are always so important, I think. And I think people want to maybe dissect that from strategy, but it's really, you can't, I don't, in my mind, you can't implement a strategy that isn't backed by some sort of core values that are, are what is going to dictate what your success is in the end. And cause it's a, 
numbers thing, but it's also a feeling thing and an alignment thing with who you are and what you're building. So I think that piece is, you know, I don't think people spend enough time there. I know myself, I often like to skip over that part. Like what, what does success look like and why, and why is that so important? And why is that important to the world? Because in order to buy into the strategy, I think you really have to believe that that end goal is so important. And then breaking it down from there, what feels right to move towards that in a way that's in alignment with what you've identified for your values and who you are and how you want to get there. Um, And I think, you know, some examples of this, I guess, are just, you're not going to pick a strategy piece that feels, you know, misaligned with that end goal, even if it is going to give you the numbers side, if it's not in alignment with the value side, you're not going to do that. You know, whether it's, you know, picking an advertising channel that doesn't align with your, you know, your core values in your brand or, um, you know, doing a tactic, you know, like a tactic that doesn't feel other people do different tactics for different reasons, but a tactic that doesn't align with you. Um, I think just knowing that is going to be able to help you dictate your strategy with success. And then, you know, once you feel that end goal and you feel into what the pieces are that are going to help you get there and what, and kind of knowing where your gaps are. I think that's the other pieces you have the end goal and you kind of know what you think you need to do to get there really need to know what do you have in place that you could use to get you there and where are your gaps. And when you identify those gaps, that's when I think you can call in for help and say, Hey, I know I want to get here. I know these are kind of the ways I want to go about getting there and here's what I need some help with. Um, and I think that's where you can pull your team together and really rally behind that big vision and, and refine, like you said, it's an iterative process, refine and keep perfecting your strategy until you have something that you're, you know, so happy with. And like, like you said too, I think it's, it's never ending game. Like your strategy should always be improving. Um, it's not, you know, a one and done thing and your strategy is your biggest ticket to winning in the game and, and doing, you know, what you want to do at the end. So you should always be coming back to it and looking at it and refining it and saying, you know, this is working. This isn't working. Let's try this. Does this, you know, I saw this new opportunity. Does it align with my strategy or does it take me away from my strategy? Cause I think a lot of people just get distracted and um, see that shiny object and say, well, I think I could do that. And that, I think that would be a really great fun thing to try (laughs) and not aligning it back to these are the resources identified that I have. These are the investments that I was going to make. And this is, you know, how I'm measuring success. It just can pull you completely off track. So um, I think those are kind of the pieces. So you do have to have some level of metrics. I'm not a huge numbers person. I'll be completely honest. I'm like a words person and a, you know, (laughs) I like looking at the, the data and the metrics is not my favorite thing, but it's also so important. And it's important to, have to build your case on whether your strategy is making movement in the right direction for you. Um, however you pull those numbers in and interpret them and tell the story behind them, that's that's just a really important piece to have. And I think um, for some people that isn't their strong point. And so then it's maybe that's a place where you can have someone come in and look at your numbers and give you some insights into things that you haven't noticed. There's so much data and metrics available out there. And I think when we don't use that to inform our strategy, we're kind of, um, I guess we're giving ourselves a, dif- a disadvantage as to what is all out there. So I think I kind of went all over the board there, but <laughs> with some general thoughts on what, what need to go in there, I think. 
Yeah, no, I think you just gave so many amazing tips. And I love that idea again with like beginning with that where you want to end as kind of your big picture and then reverse engineering that. And then, of course, you brought up the values piece, which I love. I think that's such an important piece because ultimately you can put down a strategy, but if you don't feel like it's tied to your why and your values and it's misaligned, like you said, then you're not going to do it. And so then it does become the strategy that's just sitting in a document that isn't getting life breathed into it. And so I think it's so important to have those values. And, you know, I was just talking to someone earlier today who was just like, I really don't enjoy spending time on social media. I don't like enjoy building relationships with potential customers that way. And I think for her, it was like, you know, I said, I was like, that's completely okay. You don't need to have to be on social media just because someone told you you should be. Like, absolutely, there can be some benefits to it. But if it's not aligned for you and you're not going to show up and be excited to do it or even like motivated to do it, then it's not going to be a helpful route for you. And there are different ways to get there. So I love that you brought that up because I do think it needs to be both in alignment with your values, but also alignment with your bandwidth and how you're going to feel inspired to show up because there are so many different avenues to take. And, you know, it's ultimately about building those relationships and social media is just one vehicle in which you can do that. Right. A hundred percent. I think the piece of just owning your strategy, which I know you're really big on Charlotte, just like you don't have to own every piece, but you need to be the keeper of your overall strategy. Because if you bring in a partner to help you with a piece, um, and even a strategy, you know, like you, I feel like, you know, what you've created and what, you know, in guiding people and doing that, just like really grabbing on to doing some of the base work of setting a strategy, even if you think you don't know all the pieces, because when you go to reach out to someone for help or to do social media for you, maybe you say, I know that I want it done, but I don't necessarily want to do it. They need to understand why you want to do it, what your customer would get from it, what you see your end vision being, why, how this fits into your strategy in your viewpoint so that they can advise you versus kind of hijacking your strategy and taking it in a direction that they think that it wants to go. And I think that's, um, that's a, a big thing that I see a lot of people who haven't spent enough time on strategy and kind of doing the work themselves can get taken down the road, not by, you know, bad intention from anyone, but just people get excited and they see a vision for you and then they take you down a path and then you realize, well, that wasn't really, that wasn't really my vision. That wasn't really my path. And that is a hard lesson to learn because I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's only going to be, you know, it has to be driven by you. It has to be driven by someone inside. So. Yes. I'm like jumping up and down over here because I'm like, (laughs) Yes, yes. I see that so many times and have worked with clients in the past like that who have come to me for like social media support. And, you know, we do kind of set the strategy and start executing. And then it's, and I, when I say strategy, it's kind of in air quotes because it was more like it was my vision because they didn't understand why social media was going to play a role in their marketing. And so that wasn't established as to why they were hiring someone other than they just didn't want to do it. And so, connecting that back to the why and understanding the role that social media is going to play in supporting your company or whatever marketing, if it be PR or email marketing, really understanding why it's there is so important because then, like you said, you can then bring in other people to help execute and they know exactly why they're doing it and how they're supporting you and how you're looking at that as 
being a, a supporting role in that overall endpoint that you're trying to get to. And so it just makes everything a lot more cohesive. And I think then everyone knows what that endpoint is and can then help and create different methods or different ways of communicating in the different channels um, on the more day-to-day basis. But I think, again, it's really, really important that everyone is aligned and knows where they're going if you're doing it on your own or bringing in other team members. Yeah, 100%. That's a lot of what I do on the corporate side is like creating that sight line to the strategy because when you get bigger too, um, it's not only about having the strategy, but communicating it on a regular basis. This is what we're doing. This is why. This is what we're doing. This is why. And you have to repeat it so many times, which we repeat it to ourselves. You know, if you're a solopreneur on your own, it's like, this is what I'm doing and why. This is what I'm doing is why. But as your organization grows, it's even more important to bring that messaging back to and it doesn't have to be super complicated. You know, it, the, the pieces of the strategy and the tactics can start to get pretty complex, um, but that isn't where it all starts. You know, it's really the setting the roadmap of, you know, here's how we're going to get there generally and what is in alignment with us and what isn't and what we're about. And that's, you know, a mission vision piece, but it also does so much tie into strategy. And I think, yeah, all the points you said just about, you know, being able to onboard people and bring, you know, bring people in alignment with that and move the vision forward. Um, A lot of that just has to do with just starting, just start to dig into strategy, just create a rough draft of a strategy. It doesn't have to be perfect, but some people started their strategy on like a napkin. I think there's a lot of people who just said like, here's my, you know, business in a nutshell. Here's why it works. Here's what the pieces are that are going to propel it. Like, let's just you know, spitball it to start and then start talking about it. And then people can pick holes in it or whatever, or say, what about this? But if you can't at the outset kind of communicate it, you're going to just get stuck because people can't grab onto um, and build on what they don't understand. Right. And yeah, I think people either get stuck or they get in burnout because they're trying to do everything at the same time because they are seeing like, oh, that's working for this person or they're doing this and we should be doing that. And it becomes all of these shoulds that people feel like they should be doing versus really getting strategic about, you know, what is their story and what's the impact they're trying to have? And then to whom is that that they're trying to have that impact? Because I think when we try and market to like through every channel to wherever our people might be, we tend to kind of spin our wheels and just contribute to more of that noise because we're not being really strategic about where the customers spending their most time. And so, yes, I think that also comes back to the metrics that you were talking about too, and making sure that, you know, I'm also not like huge, like I will not spend hours digging into numbers, but I do believe that numbers do tell a story as well. And so I think if you just have a basic dashboard or basic metrics that you're just looking at each month, or each week, however often that makes sense for your company, just to make sure that things are constantly going up. You know, things like on your email list, like are you getting new subscribers? Is your open rate kind of maintaining or increasing? Are people actually clicking through on the content? And I think sometimes just having like baseline metrics that you're looking at can be so important to understand what is working and what isn't working. And then of course you can go so deep. I mean, there's numbers for everything. So (laughs) you can really get lost in those too. So I think it's important to just have like baseline metrics and then you can always build and add more onto those, especially as you're learning and growing and developing the different marketing channels. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. I think too, you know, the big word right now with everyone is pivoting 
Um, and I think it's interesting to see how people take that word of like pivoting and like, how do you do it? If you don't have a strategy, it's hard to say you're pivoting. It's more like you're just, uh, I guess, trying something else. Um, but pivoting, I think is just like an intentional going back to your strategy and identifying the pieces that need to change and the pieces that need to stay the same given, given what's going on in the outside world. Cause the strategy can't live in a bubble, like where it's not influenced by what's happening outside. Obviously it's very much driven by the customer and what's going on with the customer. But, um, that, you know, in order to properly pivot, you have to really have an understanding of what's working and what's not working and then how you're going to make a change and then what you're going to measure. If you change this, it's going to change this and this and how, you know, kind of just like you said, telling that story, projecting that story and, you know, making a hypothesis and trying things. It's okay to try things, but I think just trying a bunch of things and not measuring <laughs> is, is where we all get, you know, kind of burnt out and also just... I guess a little jaded on what the different tactics can actually do. Um, because I think people are like, well, I'm not seeing results. I'm not seeing results. And it's like, well, what were your expectations and how were you going to measure them? Um, if you don't answer those two, you can't really blame the tactic you chose for not working. Right. Absolutely. And I, I love that you brought up the concept of pivot because I think that has almost been the word of the year. And I feel like the onset of COVID, there was a massive like upheaval of people pivoting. And I think at first I was almost a little confused by that because it felt like a knee-jerk reaction versus a strategic play. And so maybe we can dive into that a little bit more because I think when you hear pivot, it's like a 180 shift, right? But I think for a lot of people, their pivots necessarily weren't that big. It was just sort of an adjustment of the messaging versus an adjustment of the strategy. So I'm curious if, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but um, especially yeah. given, given COVID, yeah. what experiencing? A hundred percent. I mean, I think the way of the world, I think, you know, COVID and everything just teaches us like this, the acceleration of change is not going to slow down. It's just everything is going to continue to change really, really fast. And instead of being overwhelmed by that and kind of paralyzed by that, I think it's what data out there should really inform my strategy. How am I going to get that data in? And then how am I going to interpret it and put it back into my strategy? And I think that's what, what pivoting is about. And people do it. I think a lot of entrepreneurs do it so organically. They hear a few things from a few customers and then they're off and running, you know, like, okay, they said they want this instead of this and we need to do this, you know, and that's one way to pivot and very entrepreneurial way to pivot. And you can figure it out that way. But another thing to think about is, yes, that's what they said. Let's make sure that that is in a, still in alignment with how we can execute on that and where our resources are, where we're headed, and then make the shifts in a more strategic way versus, like you said, the knee-jerk reaction to like pivoting, meaning I'm going to do whatever needs to be done right now. Um, I think it's a little, should be a little more intentional than that, but also knowing like whatever your strategy is, has to be flexible enough to deal with the fact that we don't know what's going to happen, you know, next year, we don't know what's going to happen next week necessarily. Um, but there are core pieces that are built into your strategy that should not change, you know, especially that values mission, you know, who you're serving part and, the discussion on strategy, I think always just comes back to that. And what, what impact is that going to have on our most important pieces? 
you know, the people that we employ, the people that are our customers, um, you know, the future and longevity of the company, like what, what are the big impacts of all these little decisions? And you don't have to spend forever and slow yourself down a ton to make, you know, to make those jumps. But I think it's a really good exercise to bring it back to strategy before you pivot too far. <laughs> and then you kind of get down a path again where it's like, yeah, that was a good response at the time, but now it's not sustainable or, you know, things are going to be shifting back probably in another six months. Um, so yeah, I think it's, some people ha- are set up in a way where they have that built in that dynamic part of being able to shift and p- pivot. And that's just how they built their strategy to allow for that. And some people haven't, which is fine, but I think that you need to know if you have the room and the capacity to do it or you don't. <laughs> and if you don't, it might be better to figure out a more sustainable way to shift than to completely pivot to do something that is out of you know what your original strategy was. Right. I think that was such an amazing answer. I think you know there was definitely, for me, there was like this sense of like everyone around me was like pivoting, pivoting. We got to like reinvent our companies, do something different. And I think for me, when I sat down and just kind of took a breath, I think that's, for me, that's what the why does. It's like when you focus back on the why, who you serve and thinking about how you're communicating that, for me, that's when I was kind of like, I don't need to pivot because what I do still holds value. And the way that I maybe communicate that or connect with potential people, like I'm meeting them in a different place than they were last year at this time. And so for me, it's not about it wasn't about pivoting. It was actually about staying the course and doubling down on the course. And I think yeah. that was a really interesting exercise. And so for me, from that, I was able to develop the course and this podcast. And it's been so fun and like re-energized me, which has been amazing. But I, I noticed that with a lot of other people that were kind of in that panic mode because we just all were in panic mode. And it was interesting to see how many companies just completely did like a 180 pivot. And some of them, I mean, like from a manufacturing standpoint, there were people that went straight into making masks and PPP equipment. And it's like, we needed that. But like you said, that might only be needed for the next year or so. And then what happens? And so it is being being able to really root into that why and getting back to your values, who you serve, and then understanding where they are. I think that's that's a really big piece. And Um, one of the reasons I want to have this conversation too, is I think a lot of people have stopped planning this year because they feel like they can't plan. And I think now that we're getting towards 2021, we do have to start planning a little bit, even if it's in smaller increments. But I think ultimately we still do have big picture ideas and dreams, like where, what we're building towards. So it's important to keep taking little steps towards that. Maybe they're not big steps that you were taking last year, but there's still these small little steps that you can take and I think the strategy is just one way to help align you and keep you focused, especially when things feel like they're falling apart <laughs> or yeah. the world is falling apart. But it does, like you said, it's that roadmap where we can continue to move towards those milestones. Yeah, it's kind of that grounding factor. And I think that's the the big thing. Like, what do you come back to? Just come back to your strategy. Come back to your strategy. It doesn't mean that you're not going to do something new or shift something, but like, let's go to the strategy first. And I think I've had a lot of realizations during this time period of things that I want to do differently with my strategy based on, based on what's going on, but not 
completely shifting my business, but just kind of like, well, that's an insight. Now I want to put that back into my strategy. And it's kind of gaining those insights and integrating them versus, you know, letting it take your strategy. And, you know, you should be grounded in your strategy and maybe have inspiration, I think, to enhance it and change it and make it, you know, a little bit better, but not to completely say, well, I got to scrap that and start over because that I don't, I don't think that there's, Hopefully anyone's strategy that is that far off that you would have to do that. And if, you know, hopefully you would have had some signals beforehand. And and I think the other thing is just, I think, you know, what I admire about your ability to shift and do that is like some people had just built in capacity into the business for innovation and for change and allotting resources and time to experiment with things. And that's a strategy too. That's not just a, I don't think that's just like a, by the seat of your pants thing. It's like you've allocated a certain amount of time and budget to do that. And I think that's where a lot of companies were able to maybe take on a new product line or have resources dedicated to trying something different is because they had a strategy and because they had known what they had available um, versus, you know, just kind of throwing caution to the wind and being like, well, let's just try, you know, let's do this hundred um, percent. But, and the people that didn't have enough capacity to do that just weren't able to, and that they missed out too. So there's a lot of different sides to it, I think, but at the end of the day, I think, yeah, when the more chaotic everything gets, just the more you need to have a strategy, not the less, like <laughs> it's like more planning, more trying to predict, more feeding into those insights into actionable things that you can do. Um, because otherwise the, the reality is you will, you'll just sit in awe of all that is happening and not move anything forward. And that's not going to get you very far. (laughs) Right. Yes. And I think that's where also it comes back to building relationships with past, current and potential customers and really learning like what are their problems? How have they shifted? How are they approaching them differently right now? And I think the more we can get a little bit curious right now, I think that will help get some of that data and some of that feedback to help inform those decisions based on, you know, how do we enhance our strategy just like a little bit in this area? And maybe it's just honestly using different words to communicate with the people so that they feel supported with addressing the problem they're facing, but in this climate. And I think that's that's also something to think about. It's not necessarily a, a pivot that's required. It might just be a, a change in language and change in dialogue. And I've seen a lot of brands just be a lot more transparent, which I've loved too. And I know I've done this on my own Instagram too, but just talking about, you know, we are dealing with a lot and I definitely have not been operating at a hundred percent and that's perfectly okay because we need to nurture ourselves as much as we need to nurture our strategies. But I think, again, the strategy helps not only anchor in our why, but it also anchors us in our the impact we want to have and what value we really bring to the world. And I think the more we can come back to that value versus that panic of scarcity of we got to make sales numbers, if you really lean into that value and really want to be of service and helping people, then I think that path, again, becomes a little bit more clear because you can start to see, hey, they need help right here. So how can we meet them where they are? Yeah, that's so true. I think seeing the opportunity and not like in a, to say like a, that's someone that preys on someone else, but like, you know, that, that not like in an opportunistic 
way to see opportunity, but like in the, like you said, showing up at your core to serve in a different way, realizing that the challenges are different for your customer, realizing that, you know, I think one thing, you know, doing distance learning with my kids for one of like this whole idea of synchronous and asynchronous, like communication and learning just never really was talking about that before. Like, (laughs) what is that? But now, I mean, just seeing how that can play out in our lives, especially in like a chaotic time and how can we adjust our communication strategies to allow for the fact that, yeah, people were maybe working like a nine to five and commuting and, um, you know, that lives look different for a lot of people before than they do now. Uh, but we're, we're figuring out different strategies that are coming out of all different areas, education, business, healthcare. Um, and, and that's exciting and what's working and what resonates with, what your strategy is and your vision um, that you can be inspired from and take action from versus like you said, feeling paralyzed and kind of overwhelmed is there is really a lot of opportunity to show up. The more chaos there is, the more people need help sorting through it and getting what they need. And when we can get creative um, within the boundaries of, you know, our strategy, then we can really do some, some major good. And I've seen a lot of really cool, ideas and companies and things come out of, you know, realizing that this is going to change things, probably not just for this year, probably not just for next year, but for the long term. Um, and that, you know, may not necessarily always be a bad thing. There, there can be some really great um, opportunities and insights and ways we can help each other that come out of, you know, kind of this chaotic time too. Yes. Exactly. I'm curious if you have any examples that are top of mind of kind of the creative innovation from companies. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I think I've seen a lot, obviously in the healthcare space with people figuring out how are we going to deliver this really needed service of healthcare in an environment where we can't see each other. So just improvements in telehealth and how they're streamlining telehealth, how they're, you know, that's just, I think a a prime example of like, there's a need we're going to figure out an education. I think I've seen a lot of really creative things coming out of um, technology companies that are serving that market, trying to figure out how to deliver this, you know, education to kids in a way that is accessible given, you know, all of the, the risks and things like that. So, I think those are, you know, more more broad examples, but I think like you said there's people who are just saying, "Hey, I'm realizing this is the situation people are in now." Um, you know, drink companies that pivoted or, you know, developed a home cocktail experience where they're delivering something and then teaching a class with it, just kind of different ways to enhance experiences um in a different, like taking it to a different realm, leveraging technology in a good way um, while we have to. But some of that I think will carry over to some of it's just um, more convenient too. (laughs) And people have a lot more on their plates and are doing a lot more even outside of, you know, balancing all the things with COVID is just, we've been on a pace of getting busier and doing more and wanting to do more. So making some things easier and more accessible is is probably really good. And also for populations who haven't been able to leave their home, um, you know, I think it's just going to create innovation that's going to serve people like that even better. So yeah, I guess those are kind of broad examples, but. 
No, I think those are great examples. And I mean, I've even benefited from those, like the telehealth, like I loved it. I was like, I don't have to go drive to the doctor's office, find parking, wait in the waiting room. Like I thought it was so much more efficient. And I mean, even with like networking events, doing those virtually and like virtual coffee dates, it's like, I actually feel like it's freed up a lot more of my time. And not to mean that I don't miss meeting people in person, but I remember some like evenings being like stuck in traffic, trying to get across town and like trying to make it to this networking event. And I don't know, I think it just added a whole different element to the day. And so it's so nice now just to like move in the other room and sit at the computer and still be able to connect and catch up with people. And I mean, I don't think that will ever fully replace in-person events, but for me, I find there is a little bit more of ease in my days. And I, I almost feel like I can get a little bit more done because there's less travel time involved, which has been uh, kind of a nice change of pace. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Great. So I'd love for us to maybe talk a little bit more about maybe some of the challenges we see with clients coming up against creating a strategy. I know we've both experienced some resistance there. So I'm wondering if we can maybe provide some insights and how to start navigating a strategy, both from like what to be thinking about, both the importance of creating a strategy, but then also how much can you do on your own? When should you bring in help? We can dive into that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, starting with the mission, vision, values, like that seems like something that you can do on your own, but I've also seen people stumble there. And I think it, it depends on how, I guess, how clear you are on that. And if you might need some guidance on that, like, I think some people have to really do some self-discovery work before they feel that alignment. Um, And some people are just like, no, I know what I'm here to do. Like, I know that part. I, absolutely have that part. And now I just want someone to help me go, go, go. Um, But some people are, I think, still a little bit like I had, I thought I had a vision, but now I think it might be different and they need to do that visioning work. And I think that is, that shouldn't be overlooked as an important piece of, of everything, because at the end, it's all going to come, come back to that. And if it's not strong and solid, um, and I think, especially as you grow and you have more people on your team, do they understand the vision? is the vision still the same? Like I think it, an organization as it gets bigger grows and people start to see the vision a little bit differently. Um, and especially the leadership who starts the, the organization may be even more removed from the vision because they're not doing the day to day with the customer as much. Um, and not that the, the vision necessarily changes, but how we grab onto that and really believe it and feel it in the impact we're making. I think that work is so, so important. And sometimes I think you can do it on your own. Um, but I think it is helpful to be guided through that process of how do you do it? Well, how do I know if I'm going deep enough? How do I, you know, just set myself up in that, in that way for success. Um, and then I think when you get past that, there may be tactical areas where you feel really equipped um, to say, hey, this is, uh, oh, and of course, like the, cu- the customer, understanding your customer, I think that is the next probably biggest piece of, of putting together your strategy. And I feel like that is work like you could try to outsource, but it really would be best to do on your own that you really, really, really connect with your customer stories, that you understand who they are, that you do the research time to see what they're saying about their problems, to really like listen to them. And I feel like that piece just almost can't be outsourced. So someone else to understand your customer 
is not super helpful to you. It can kind of be if they can translate the insights to you, but I think you're going to be far more fueled by feeling that connection. Um, I guess for, I'm working on a startup with my mom, who's an audiologist, for example, and we're selling hearing aids online to people who um, have a mild to moderate hearing loss. And I don't have a hearing loss, for example. So I'm a little bit disconnected from the end customer. But now that I am meeting people and hearing about their stories about um, what it's like to not be able to hear their kids playing outside. And uh, it's just so much more powerful to me, you know? So I think that part just has to be in the background of your strategy, because when you understand, the more you understand that person, the more effective your strategy is going to be. So um, that piece is, I think, just somewhere where everyone needs to dig in. And there's almost no way around it, in my opinion, like you have to know your customer. Um, and then outside of that, when you have those pieces and you have an idea of where you want to go, it's, I think it's a good time to bring someone else in who has maybe an idea of some of the different channels and advise you on some op options to consider. And you can weigh those against your resources, your strengths in-house, what your budget is, and kind of take that into consideration along with those core pieces to kind of start to chart your path. I think if you have a channel or a, a tactic or a strategy within your strategy that you want to try um, and you find a really great partner that you feel like gets your vision and your values and understands how to help you navigate through that, that can be a really great opportunity to build from. Um, and on the other hand, if you have an idea for something you want to do and you and you can develop the skill set in-house to do it really well and guide yourself through it, that's also a great opportunity. So I think it just, you know, when you look at where you're at and the resources you have in terms of time, money, um, and kind of what you're projecting out for sales and, and the opportunity and how quickly you need to move, you can start to bring in people, but they really have to, you have to be able to communicate those core pieces first and the end goal, of course, of like, this is where I see this going in the, you know, one, three, 10 year range, however far out you can go so that you can get the right people on board then to help you flesh it out even more and get those different tactical pieces within there um, in alignment with, with all of that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Everything you said is so good. It's just, it really is about making sure those fundamental pieces are done. And that's what I always work with clients too. And even in my course, it's just, it is really digging into that mission, vision values and making sure it's, it's really ironed out. And then, like you said, it's really making sure you understand who your customer is. And then from there, understanding kind of where are they most active? How can you kind of start with those channels? And then maybe you can in a year from now or two years from now plan to start expanding and that's so important to have that in place, again, going back to why you're doing specific activities. And then if you are delegating or hiring someone to help you with the execution, I mean, being able to show up with all of that is so, so powerful and will just set you up for more success. And, you know, that's ultimately what led me to create the holistic marketing system is after years of working with clients who just someone told them they should be on social media. And so they hired me to help them. And you can only get so far because you cannot tie that activity to certain outcomes if they're just focused on one piece or aren't able to communicate their vision or where they're going or why they want to have the impact they're having. It just, there's like this loss of translation and it just 
no matter how hard you try, it just won't sync up. And so I think really spending that time in the beginning, like you said, it's so easy to skip over that because we think just a vision statement is something that's on the wall, but there's so much power because ultimately your values drive your decision-making. And so when you can be really clear on those, I think you ultimately make better decisions in your company and in your marketing activities. Yeah, it's so true. I think everyone thinks like, well, the taglines and the mission statements, those are for like the big companies, like the targets and whatever. And that's how you get to that big level is that you're so locked into that, that people can come on board because they can't, if you're not locked in, they can't go in the same direction. And I think so getting that story told at the beginning, and that's the piece where it's, you know, it requires the work. And then maybe you do need someone to kind of come in and help you refine that. But that story of like, here is what the opportunity is. Here's the problem we see. Here's how we're going to solve it. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're not going to do. Here's what the future looks like when we have done what we say we're going to do and getting people telling that in a way that gets people to see it too is a gift. It's a, a, you know, but it is also, it takes work. And I think it takes trying something and then just saying like, see, it, it works. See, we're, we're on the right path. See, we're still here and always coming back to it. And then it just builds from there. But yeah, you're so right about that core piece. And I do think that, you know, people just don't necessarily want to spend as much time on it because it seems like the fluffy thing, like, oh, that's not going to get results. That's not going to get me what I need. Um, but in the end, it really is like the only thing that's going to get you <laughs> where you need to go. Yes, I know. I was just thinking too, it's almost like being a solopreneur. It's like if you don't have the right mindset, it doesn't matter how much you're trying to execute and do things in your business. Like if you don't believe that's going to happen, then it's not going to happen. And so it's sort of the same idea, but for your business, like your business needs to have a very clear why and very clear mindset as to why you're taking specific actions in order to make that be successful. So, I mean, you can spend all day long on social media, post all day long if you want, but if you don't know why you're doing it or how you're going to measure that success, then it's just, it's going to be wasted time and energy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, maybe we should talk a little bit about, so let's say someone has gone through this, they have very clear mission, vision, values. They know who their customer is. They put a strategy together and they're starting to kind of take the next steps. So I'm curious if you have any advice as people are beginning to execute to maybe not become overwhelmed or how do you kind of parse out the next steps once you have a strategy in place? Yeah, I think you're so right on with the the piece that you said earlier about kind of having that baseline dashboard that you're kind of building to go into checking in on on a regular basis, maybe weekly, monthly, hopefully not less than monthly, I think, because that's kind of a long time to go without kind of checking in on, you know, the basics of here's what we said we we're going to do. Are we still doing that? Is the, you know, the things that are unfolding with customers and sales in alignment with what we kind of projected and we're on path for what's going well, what isn't. So that check-in kind of check up on the pieces of your strategy that you've agreed on um, is so important. And then somewhere that you're connecting with that, with the people that are implementing, because the implementers need to know too, like, yeah, this you're, you're implementing and the results are on track or you're implementing and we're not getting where we need to get. So we need to 
adjust or why do you think that is and bringing in the different pieces because I think that's you know especially if you hire out different pieces of your strategy to different people um, tying them back in and saying here's here's where we're at holistically like you would say I'm sure Charlotte like here's where we are (laughs) and here's your piece of it and how it ties in and what do you think about that? Like, is it working? Is it not? What do I need to know about your piece? Um, it just is the best way to keep everything together and moving forward in the, in the best possible way. So I don't think you can just, like you said, build your strategy and leave it on the shelf. You have a system in which you're checking in on that strategy, not changing it necessarily, but saying, is it on target? Can we still get it on target for the goals that we have? Are we still making our way there or something completely changed, um, that we didn't expect. And do we have to make some changes? But I think typically you find you need to give things some time. So just checking in and saying, Hey, yeah, maybe we didn't expect that, but I think that, you know, if we try this and this, we keep going on this course, we'll see these results and just kind of projecting out and going back. And, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, this, the cycle of life, you can have the best laid plans and things change, but if you never had a plan in the first place, you don't really know, you know, even what's changing, you're just kind of in the dark. So, um, I think checking in regularly on those metrics and then also checking in on your mission, vision, values and alignment on a consistent basis is another thing that just can't sit on the shelf. So, you know, I think that on a daily basis for a solopreneur or someone is just like, am I feeling in alignment with my mission? Am you know, are the projects that I'm working on bringing this to life or are they not? Am I, you know, is everything going how it needs to go? And if not, let's really identify the pieces that need to change and then let's make a plan or pivot to change those. Right. Absolutely. And I'm curious, I know every marketing channel is different. So if someone has, maybe they just have a brand new strategy, do you have recommendations for how long to stick with that strategy before making changes? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it depends on what you're working on for sure. I think some things have a longer tail, you know, thing of building an audience, for example, like you're looking at that bigger goal and then the different tactics to get there. And you may see that some are working really well and some are not, Um, so just trying to break down the pieces and then I think, you know, I think it's hard to tell some things I think you just have to do and they are going to take time. Um, you know, building your brand is important in kind of continuing to be out there and in front of people We say that's not like a vanity metric, but eyes on your stuff is important. Is it going to get you to the baseline results, sometimes that takes some figuring like, okay, now how do we optimize that? So I think there are different pieces of the strategy that you can give more time and some pieces that you just can't. And I think that that should be a part of when you identify the tactics, like how will you know if it's working, how much time will you give it till it gives you some level of results or how will you measure if it's, you know, keeping you in line with where you're headed or not. And I think there's probably different timelines for different things that you're doing. Um, some of them being like, if you're going to do a, 
an ad spend, I always would look at that and say, okay, here's the time frame for that. Here's the results that I'm expecting in this time frame. And if it doesn't work out, here's my out. Like I'm only going to do it this long in building in those outs to, to be able to test things. Um, but holistically looking at that, like, okay, how many of those am I going to try and how much time am I going to give them? I think you just really have to kind of back into the pieces that you have and, and think through what's a reasonable timeline to give this to work. And the people who are managing those channels and who understand those channels can give you some insight too to how long things take. And if that's within your time frame to reach your goal, or if you need something that's going to work faster. Um, but yeah, I think there's so many different approaches uh, that you just have to kind of look at what you have time and resources for, and if you can let it work its course, or if you need to try to drive results faster and try to take control of that and not just let it play out how it plays out, but just stick some timelines in there and say, well, if it's not doing this and this by this time, I want to reconsider it. Um, I think that's a totally reasonable thing to do. Um, just know that sometimes that the channel you picked and the timeline you picked aren't in alignment, you know, like that's not going to take that. It takes longer than that. So that's not really realistic, but doesn't mean you can't try that and have that expectation, but just, yeah, I know there's a long, weird answer to that question, but. <laughs> no, I think it was the perfect answer. Cause I think that's so true about yeah, understanding the timelines because different channels can take a lot longer to establish. And I mean, that's something I've seen people kind of burn out on strategies because they feel like in a month it's not working, but ultimately the strategy is really for the life of your business. And so there's going to be different stages and phases to that. It might not all be outlined in this initial strategy, but I don't think you can expect like if you don't have an Instagram account to set that up in a month letter, be month later be making a bunch of sales from it. That's not really how that channel works. And like you said, some of those might just be more of that brand awareness building. And I think it's really important to be able to kind of communicate that within your strategy. And I, you know, talk a lot about um, creating your kind of core set of marketing activities. So those are the ones that you're always doing. And then maybe you have a couple test and learn activities like the paid ads where you have a specific specific budget that you're going to test for a month or two, see what the results are like, and then decide, do we want to lean into this more? Is this an activity that can come become part of our core marketing activities? Or is this something that we're just going to put on pause for now and maybe we'll revisit it in another year or when it makes sense? So I absolutely love that you talked about yeah. that because I think, I think just giving time to let things, I mean, everything has to be nurtured and ultimately you are building relationships with marketing. If it be through connecting with people on paid ads or um, social media or your email marketing list, like it's all relationship and there's still humans on the other end. And so I think that's a, a key piece that can sometimes be forgotten when we're deep into our strategy. But I think as long as you're kind of staying consistent and communicating with your audience, like over time, people will... Um, come to you and be, gravitate towards you because they know that you have the solution they need. Yeah, I think that's that's so true. I have a customer that had spent on their website some and was consistently investing in, in pro producing really good content, but they were just kind of doing it because I think they were like, well, I guess we just have to have this website, but we're not really expecting 
a whole lot from it. Um, and that's not good either, you know, like just to be consistent, to be consistent, but not having any expectations. But at the end of the day, you don't know what's going to happen either. Cause they ended up landing a huge, you know, multi-million dollar client that like searched for them on the web, which you wouldn't ever think, but that's how they said they found them. They literally (laughs) Google searched them, which was like, okay, even a small portion of that sale to put back into the website in hopes that that might happen again is, you know, almost a smart investment. If you, as long as you're telling yourself that is what it's for and you understand it, because I do see a lot of burnout and a lot of like, I think that's the dangerous part being, you know, contractors or freelancers coming in with this, like, well, what are you going to do for me in this short amount of time? And how are you going to get me results? And it's like, okay, well, you know, this is a team effort and we're working you towards where you want to get. I think that's a better approach to have than, you know, putting all the expectation on someone who isn't in your business to like run, you know, some sort of strategy that's going to get you these unheard of results that you, you know what I mean? It's just the the reality check and being like, what's, what's actually happening out there and how, how might this actually work? Um, cause there's a lot of, I think I want to say like snake oil salesmen out there, but like saying like, well, if you do this and this, then all of a sudden you're going to have, you know, this magical amount of, you know, customers and leads coming in. And it generally isn't as simple as people are making it out to be. Otherwise everyone would be doing it. Right. <laughs> right absolutely. No, I think that's such wonderful advice, especially if someone is considering hiring someone is being able to kind of ask those questions and, and being kind of aware that there are people out there that are want to just say, this is all going to happen and it's magic. It'll happen instantly. And I think that's always something to be questioned. And I do love that approach of, you know, we're bringing someone on to help us move towards the goal. They're not necessarily going to wave magic wand and make that goal happen. <laughs> right. But it is yeah. effort. And I think that that's really important piece of it. I think I definitely see a lot of entrepreneurs that just don't want to touch it, don't want to be involved. And I think, especially in the beginning of the business, I mean, you've got to make sure that people are moving towards that vision. And that's so important. Like you're almost like the accountability partner in that scenario. <laughs> and yeah. Make sure that you are connecting all of the pieces like you're the the ultimate puzzle piece collector yeah it really is the best way to get the value out of those relationships too because I think a lot of people leave a lot on the table when they stick someone out there with this like kind of weird goal you know get me 7,000 page views in the next month or what I don't know what a goal like you know some weird goal and the person's like okay I'll go out there and do that but if they had only known a little bit more about what they were trying to do probably could have come up with you know, a better way or given, you know, there's just, I think there's a lot more insights to be had when you, you know, don't open up the discussion to everything, but kind of say like, here's really what we're about and where we're heading. And, you know, here's how I see your piece of this and, and being more collaborative in that way. Um, I think you just get a lot more out of the people that are contributing to your strategy too, and then making them a part of, here's where we're at, you know, and here's your part of that. I think it's just building a successful team, whatever your team looks like, it just requires that kind of investment in looking at some level of the details, not that you have to dive into all of it, but that you are kind of still owning it and understanding it and and moving it. Someone has to be the driver all the time. And, you know, if you're not driving it, 
someone else is. <laughs> and that can be good if it's the right person and it can be not so great if they're not in alignment with you. So I think until you're really, 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 really sure that they have it, you just have to stay vigilant. And that doesn't mean micromanaging and it doesn't mean having to do everything yourself. It just means continually creating that line of sight between here's where I really see us going. Here's what I want it to look like. Here's you know, the insights from the customer that are fueling me here's, you know, like, and feeding that to your team and feeding that to the people that are working on your stuff. It just, it, you know, that's where the magic happens. I think. Absolutely. I could not agree with that more. And as much as I would love to nerd out strategy with you for hours more, (laughs) I think we've given great insight for people to kind of take away and, and think about for next steps within their own strategy Um, But before I ask my last question, I'd love for you to share where people can connect with you further. Sure. Yeah. My website is burnbrightcom.com and would love to connect with people there. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn um, and active there. So yeah, I'd love to hear from people. Any questions, happy to answer questions about PR communications and and strategy. Love talking strategy for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. I'll include those links in the show notes. And so my last question is, how does being intentional show up in your life or business? Yeah, so I guess I love this question, Charlotte. I was like, I saw that question. I was like, oh my gosh, it's such a good question. Um, yeah, I think for me, intentional is that check-in. It's that daily check-in, really, of am I doing what I really believe I'm here to be doing across the board in, in all my roles and the way that I'm showing up? Am I hitting the mark. And if not, why not? And in not that you give yourself an out, but like, I mean, there's legitimate reasons why we're not, you know, on track for some things, but to check in on a regular basis and, you know, use the, use the resources and time you have to the best of your ability every day. Um, so yeah, I think that's how it shows up for me. It's just like kind of that daily check-in was like, you know, these were the things that I really wanted to be in life. Am I, am I those things today? Am I, you know, positive? Am I showing up for my family? Am I being of service to my clients? And if I can say yes, at the end of the day to most of those things, (laughs) then, you know, you can kind of keep, keep going on track. And in the minute I can't say yes to some of those is a minute to stop, you know, just put the brakes on and reevaluate like what is, what is happening here? Why am I not you know, in alignment, um, with those things that are, that I said, and I know are the most important to me. So yeah, it's an internal thing that I think drives us, but we can just ignore it for as long as we can until it, it rears its ugly head. So I think trying to daily do that is a really good practice. And I won't say I do it every day, but on the days that I do, I definitely feel more grounded and connected. Oh, I love that. That was such a beautiful answer. And I love that. I think it's just, it's so true. The more you can stay aligned and stay grounded, I think we just enjoy every moment of our lives a little bit more. So thank you so much, Bridget. I really appreciate your time today. And I think we've all learned it's about being in alignment and that a strategy is never wasted. So thank you so much for this reminder. Thank you, Charlotte. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode, please subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode is available. And if you really love this episode, please rate and review the podcast so that other conscious business leaders like yourself can join our community of listeners. 
If you'd like to connect with me further, you'll find me hanging out on Instagram at Charlotte Chipperfield. Come join me there or check out chipperfieldmedia.com for free resources, subscribe to my monthly newsletter, and learn more about the holistic marketing system.